0: You're listening to the podcast of Emmanuel Catholic College Community, recorded and produced by our student AV team. We welcome you to join the conversation on contemporary education topics close to the heart of the college community. This podcast is recorded on the land of the Wujak people of the Noongar Nation. We acknowledge and pay respect to the traditional owners and elders past, present and emerging. Hi, I'm Olivia Rasucci from Year Ten. I'm Olivia Babich from Year 8. And I'm Sienna Law from Year 10. Um, We have some questions for Paul Litherland about social media and its effects on people. Uh, My name is Paul Litherland and I'm the owner of Surf Online Safe, a cyber safety business. Um, And I've been coming here, luckily, to Emmanuel for the last 12 years. uh, And I love the place. It's really cool. Nice. Uh, So our first question is, um, what's the most dangerous social media app? in your perspective? The most dangerous social networking app, you reckon? Okay. For me, uh, one of the biggest issues I'm dealing with currently is Omegle. Uh, Now, technically, that's not really a social networking app, but it's a a continuing trend in regards to I'm seeing teens use Omegle. So the big risk for there is kids getting caught out in regards to sextortion and scams and all that sort of stuff. So that's continuing to be one of the biggest apps I'm dealing with at the moment where there's going to be some huge risk for, for kids, unfortunately. Okay. okay. Uh, next question. Um, what would you say the most used app for, like, teens, like, 13 like to 17-year-olds? Sienna, the biggest one uh, and the largest rising social networking app in Australia today is TikTok. Okay, and uh, pretty much everyone's using that at school level these days. Even the boys are pushing to TikTok now in much huge numbers compared to maybe two years ago or three years ago. So TikTok is is one that we're seeing uh, massively continuing to grow, especially with the Johnny Depp trial. That was a pretty big big trend for a bit there, and um, and then just the continuing trends we're seeing. So TikTok is a is a massive one. Okay. All right. Uh, next question is: Out of all the social media ads, what you, what would you say is the recommended age to start? Wow. them? Olivia, that's a great question for me because um, speaking from a technical perspective, 13 plus is is the legal age for most of them. Now, 13 plus is is there for uh, the main reason for that is it's not a safety thing. It's it's the networks are not allowed to gather our data under the age of 13. So technically, if someone joins at 10 and they put in a fake date of birth, the networks technically can collect their data so the reason 13 was introduced is because it it just covers people underage having their data collected so for me straight off the bat i'll go well yeah 13 plus is the age limit so that's what we should be really abiding by so but where my frustration comes in and and you girls would have seen me present today in the fact that a lot of our juniors 10 and 11 12 year olds are actually on social networking apps so what I'm trying to shift is the culture of kids joining younger because they're just not being protected. So um, if kids 10 and 11 are on social networking, then I try to avoid that and I ask them not to. But I'm a realist. 80% of the children I'm speaking to at primary school level are using, so I've just got to say, okay, let's, what can we do to protect you uh, and minimise risks? So hopefully that education continues to evolve. Got it, cool. Uh, The next question we have for you is, what are some safety tips that you have for parents and children? Okay, one of my biggest safety tips is communication, and now that sounds defeatist, I'm the cyber safety guy, I'm supposed to be out giving really technical tips, but honestly girls if if you can have a conversation with mum and dad and, and teachers and if kids, sorry, if teachers and parents can talk to their kids then that solves a lot of the issues we're dealing with because communication is is such, the lack of communication is such a massive issue. And again, we spoke today about some of the apps you guys are using. Parents don't really know or understand them. So if we can introduce those apps to our parents and get them to know what they are and how they're being used, that goes a long way in minimizing risk. So my first tip is, is converse, get to, Talk to people um, in your life so they know what you're doing and where you're going online because if then things do go wrong, they're more aware and they can protect you a little bit more. Okay, and, and then number two for me again is, is like I introduced in all my sessions, it's not so much cyber safety, but internet awareness. Get to know what we're using, how they work, get to know our settings. Don't just rush into an app and go whatever, get to know how they work and if we can get that going, it'll it'll help significantly. Okay. Um, what are like the most like effects of social media on like teens and like positive or negative or whatever? Okay. Wow. Um, Sienna, there's positives and negatives, and I think it's always important we we focus on both sides. Okay. It'd be easy for a cyber safety educator to come out and go, no, that's it. Get off the internet. It's dangerous." I, I don't do that. So we've got to balance those positives and negatives. So uh, a, a negative for me is uh, addiction, as an example. So we're seeing a lot of people your age who can't get off a device, and, and you guys would probably agree with that. It's difficult to put our phone down sometimes, especially TikTok. I mean, I, even myself, I'll sit there all night on four U if I wanted to because it's addictive. Yeah. So, getting that ability to to put down a device is very difficult, and it's hard for me because the apps want you on more because they're making a lot of money. So, addiction is a big one. Uh, number two, we're also seeing a lot of risk in regards to scamming. Okay, especially our gamers; they are in environments that they never were. 10, 15 years ago, and believe it or not, 27% of our children now are using credit cards to make purchases online, so wow, that's unheard of. So scamming and, and predatory behavior is also pretty big as well, so there's some trends uh, I'm concerned about. But positives as well is the fact that social networking um, especially is a great way to interact with our mates. And and I, I try to defend that a fair bit because a lot of parents will go, oh, I never had it when I was a kid. It's because you're a dinosaur, mate. So, um, so I, I get that. So we've got to find that happy medium and the fact that, like, if, if you go to Emmanuel and you've got a mate who's at Corpus or, or at Leeming, uh, you might not get a chance to see them for weeks at end. So it's great to have that interaction on social networking, even to a degree with, with some of our online environments. Um, you, can, you can still have great interaction with people online, that I, I never did as a kid um so this is where uh, we've got to find those positives and still assess the risk but th- that interaction we get these days in the modern online world i think is a very good positive for our kids growing up yeah All right. um next question uh apps such as snapchat and instagram do those companies have complete access to the photos you take or like what you post even if you keep it hidden um <laughs> that's a great question they they don't have access as such so anything posted on a private messaging system through those networks then those Im- images are yours completely they're not allowed to access they are allowed to access under certain circumstances with a police investigation or such like that so anything in a private network then they won't have access to that they still have access to data in your images so let's use an example if you take a photo today at school Your phone, if you're sharing your location with your phone, they'll have your GPS in that image. If you take a photo up at Gateway Shopping Centre, they'll know you're at Gateway. So they can use that data to target you for advertising. Does that make sense? So they're allowed to access that data, but they're not allowed to access the content. Anything on a public network, though, girls, yes, they are. So if you have a public account on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or whatever, if you are posting publicly images, content, then yes, they do retain the right to all of that content because you technically they take ownership of it. So this is where there's a, a fine line between private and and what's not private these days. And that's why that message to me is so powerful and the fact that you just never know how far it's going to go. And, and Facebook is a big one for that. So if you post anything publicly on a Facebook account, then you now relinquish ownership of that photo or image. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. How easy is it for someone to hack into an account and find out personal information? Easy for me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It is getting harder, which is great. So the networks are responding there. So it actually is pretty difficult to get into another person's account these days because you need a whole pile of steps of authentication to do that. So it is getting harder, but what I've found is more of a, an easier way to infiltrate someone's online world is not to so much access their account, but to create fake accounts yourself and infiltrate their online world. Does that make sense? So, uh, and, and you guys know this, is the fact that the vast majority of our kids, so we'll talk about maybe year eights and nines, 47 to 60% of our year eights and nines are accepting follow requests from randoms on Snapchat. And um, girls, I want to ask you guys to put your hand up and say how many of you know all of your followers, um, but we can see how easy it is to infiltrate. So gaining access to content is easier then to a degree because you're now interacting in that peer environment. Does that, does that make sense? So hacking is, is relatively difficult now, which is great, but infiltration of a peer network is relatively easy. So that's where um, most kids sort of come unstuck a little bit. Right. Okay. Um, okay. Last year, I'm pretty sure for year nines. For for year nines, which yeah. was us, you said that you would make a fake account yeah. <laughs> starting with the or well, the initials A and R. Yeah. How many followers have you gained that like you know or how many like have accepted your follow request? Uh no one this year because I never got a chance to do that, unfortunately, <laughs> because I, I literally ran out of time to do that. But um let me give you an example of, of when I first started doing that here at Emmanuel. Now, my boy, um, after three years talking to him, he was in year 7, 8, and then I did it in year 9. So, what I did is I created a fake account on Facebook, pretending to be a year 10 at the school. And I sent out a whole pile of follow requests to the year 9s, 196 of them, to see how many of them would accept a follow request from that fake account. Now, my name um, was in those days was Angie Reed. Okay, I tend to use the word the name Angie Reed a fair bit. Um, so I sent out a follow request on Facebook to uh, out of 196 Year Nines. I found 172 of them on Facebook. Wow. So I sent a follow request to 172 Year Nines. Out of 172, 102 of them accepted. Okay, straight off the bat, without even asking who I was, 102. Okay, 21 of them sent me a follow request because the other kids were friends with me, okay? And then um, after that, yeah, I think it was out of 172, I think it was about 164 who accepted, fully accepted her follow request. So, um, and then you get to school the following term and go, right, who knows Angie Reed? And you'll have kids go, yeah, I, I know Angie Reed, And they go, <laughs> no, yeah, she goes, Angie she's a year 10 yeah, that goes to yeah, this yeah, school. Yeah, no. So it's a great, great tool to do that. And And, and, and I don't do that... At all, really much now because again, I think the culture's starting to shift, which is good. But more importantly, I, um, I I love coming here, so I don't tend to scare you guys as much as I used to in the past um, because you you guys are on the right page. But that fake account sort of approach it just shows how vulnerable kids can be and and the risks that we do take. And again, that's not critical. It's just that's what we do so all of a sudden there's this new kid and I made up some story that I was coming from Albany <laughs> moving to Emmanuel and I, I just start oh is anyone can anyone give me advice what Emmanuel's like where it's a good school and of course all these kids say, oh it's a great school send follow requests friends come and say day. so it was brilliant so yeah it's frustrating <laughs> um, coming from most of the students I did a little survey from uh, some of the kids in my year Um, The main question that came up is, how can students maximise their cyber safety? Wow, Olivia, Um, the big one for me is just continuing to stay on the front foot, okay? A lot of us, we rush in a bit, or we're forgetting to take, number one, action on our settings. So when we download apps, a lot of us don't really get into the nitty-gritty of how they work. So number one, for me, something as simple as sharing location with the apps a lot of the apps, when we download them, they automatically share our location if our phone location is turned on. So if you've got an iPhone and you're going location services, Snapchat would automatically share your location. So, And we all know the Snap Map, yeah? So if you're not in ghost mode, you can be sharing locations. So rushing into apps is a big one for me. So what we need to do is become more aware in regards to how settings work and how we can minimise um, our our online footprint and our uh, I suppose the risk by getting into our settings uh, and number two is I suppose really continuing to address our footprint, now with respect to you guys and, and, and high school students in general, kids live in the here and now right mm-hmm. so when you look at your content you're only just here and now so you forget to retrospectively go back and delete junk or if someone's approaching you online, someone dodgy, you won't investigate so mm-hmm. What I need kids to do, teens to do in particular, is become a little bit more aware in regards to the big picture. So if someone is sending you a dodgy request or a follow request, find out who they are, so investigate them. Don't just accept, all right? If someone is being inappropriate to you, go back and have a look at previous conversations to see if this is a pattern of behaviour. If it is, kick that person off your network because you don't need that negativity. So taking those little actions to continually assess your online, uh, online environments sadly, is what a lot of people your age don't do. You just live with it to a degree. So we can get that culture shifted. I reckon that'll go a long way in minimising risk. Thank you, Paul, for speaking to us and answering our questions. Um, Really helpful. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you for the opportunity, and I look forward to speaking with you again very soon. Thank Thank you. Thank you. you. Bye. Good. Good. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Emanuel Catholic College podcast, Illum. Stay tuned for more podcasts to come.